Hi guys, welcome back to the third episode of the Once Around podcast. Uh, today joining me, I've got the return of Ben. This is where Ben speaks. Hello, I'm back. <laughs> back again. Thanks for um, big up. Hi. <laughs> that was, took about one minute to introduce you. And, right. Um, we've got um, a different Ollie. Um, we've got a different Ollie on the pod today. So if you're you right. say hello. Yeah, you're right. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Ollie. Well, you know, I'm a devout Derby fan. Yeah, follow the England away. Yeah. All about the all about the Rams and the Lions. Fair enough. Sounds good. Two favourite animals. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think we would best get straight into it with the whole manager situation. Koku, Koku, however you want to pronounce it, is a Ram. What are our thoughts on that? Well, you know, I've, probably most Derby fans didn't really know much about him before we were linked but you know I've done a bit of research and seems like a really good fit as Mel was saying uh, want to look for someone who brings the youth through plays attractive style of football and I think he fits under all of that really I think it'd be really good looking forward to like bringing the youth up that's 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 what I I think I'm most excited about yeah definitely I think the academy is definitely going to benefit a lot from Koku again so um, I'm looking forward to that and then we've got um, what, what about Lampard leaving is that forgiven now do we not care about that anymore um, I'm I'm slightly feeling a bit better about it because of what uh, Jody Morris said on Instagram oh yeah um, he responded to all the well what we all were saying about the disrespect and whatnot. Um and you know, you, you can tell that he still does have a very soft spot for the club, uh, which is what you want from a manager, really. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not happy that they've left, but at least it's on slightly better terms than it was uh, a few days ago. So they are, are they welcome back in the future in your books then? I wouldn't say that. Um, I mean... If they come crawling back, begging to Mel uh, for a job after they get sacked in January, which I'm not saying will or won't happen, but uh, <laughs> um, then, yeah. But, you know, I, I hope they do all right, because it would be good to see a younger manager doing well in the top five. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any hard feelings towards them. I think, you know, they came and gave us a great year. It didn't work, you know. It, it sort of did work, but it didn't. We didn't quite get the the cherry on top at the end of the playoff final, um, which is always a shame. But you know, we are where we are in the championship now. We can only do what we can, and I think Mel's acted brilliantly finding the new manager. Um, not quite eighteen minutes, uh, but you know, a whole day uh, clocked by, and we finally found the new manager. And it's probably the worst kept secret in football. Um, oh. <laughs> oh yeah, knew. yeah. This whole ordeal has been the worst kept secret in football. Yeah, the whole mm. Lampard situation, everything. I mean, yeah. we've known that Koku has been our manager for about a week, so yeah. who knows? Um, so he's brought with him uh, Chris Van der Weeren, I think that's how you pronounce it, and uh, Twan Sheepers. Sheepers, Sheepers. 
<laughs> what do we what do we know anything about them? Have you done research on them or are you just um, I've done a, I've done a, a little look at them and I know that they've both been in the uh like PSV Academy setups. Um I know that Sheepers is um is apparently is very integral to bringing up a lot of the uh, youth from the uh, academy up to the um first team. And obviously, that's that's what we need. We need, as like Jody Morris, we we had someone who really worked well with the academy and um, in Chelsea, and then he brought his expertise in young players over to us. And I think we need to continue that. With uh, and both of these guys look like they could really uh, help bring up these uh, younger players through. And I think that's what you really want to be looking for with any like a, a coach like so that you can build from the bottom up yeah i mean i mean sheep sheepers was at psv for about eight years i mean so the fact that he took this opportunity at derby means that he's seen something very special about our academy and about the players that we have to offer uh that he wants to work with um so if he can see something special about the academy and all our fa- all the fans can then I do think we are onto something. Yeah, brilliant. I think we're onto a winner. I mean, if you look at the um, if you look at the preseason photos and you know behind uh, behind the door sort of footage at the minute, you've got uh, Morgan Whitaker's there. I remember we spoke about him on one of the last episodes. Yeah. Um, you know, Louis Sibley apparently. Uh, well, look at the. Um, it looks as though, according to his Instagram, that he was supposed to be going, but he's not got a visa, so right. he needs to get that sorted. Um, and able to go in order to go to America, uh, which is a shame. So it would have been good to see him go over there. But the good thing is, it is only a ten-day visit, so it's not as though he's going to miss out on the whole of preseason. Mm, yeah. We've got a few games back here, but yeah, we've got a lot of good young players that have made it onto the trip. So Jaden Mitchell Lawson, Lee Buchanan, uh, Jason Knight. We've got obviously Morgan yeah. Whitaker that we spoke about. Max Bird's there. Um, how? What do we want to see them playing the, in the friendlies or? Like, where do we want them to start? Do we want them to be eased in, or just do we just chuck them in for their friendly? Because it doesn't matter, does it? Oh God, yeah. No, we we have to see them start. I mean, uh, especially against Burton, which I I'd say is our easiest preseason game. I'd disagree with that one. Would you? I'd say Sarasota Metropolis. Right. Well, I, don't, <laughs> I think they're a team from Florida, that, and they're not even in the MLS. So, oh, good. Okay, well, our <laughs> oh, sorry that I hadn't heard of them. Um, oh, I'm, I'm going to be kicked off this podcast now. Um, no, well, in England, our easiest preseason games, but that's better. Agree with that one. Yeah, I'd agree with that one. I mean, yeah. Um, so I'd I'd love to see two or three um, under under eighteen, under nineteen prospects start there. And, and just prove that they can compete with that squad. Who specifically? Um, love to see Sibley, um, Whitaker as well. Yeah, they're they're the main two. Uh, well, they're the main two we talked about. But that uh, they're the main two. They're the main two that we talked about earlier. Um, but I I feel they're the ones that will bring the most to the mm. squad. Um, uh, and then why not give Lee Buchanan a chance? Why yeah, not? Yeah. He's a young uh, defender, isn't he? Yeah, 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 he is. Um, I was literally just thinking that I was about to say, 
I think he's gone over to Florida as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think we do. If obviously there's the whole if Tomori comes back or not, it, it probably looks like he's going to be in Lampard set up for the Chelsea. But I think we really need to be looking at some younger, uh, like uh, centre halves, because as you can see, our back back two are aging, aging a bit. You got Keo and Davis. Yeah, so it's like we're... thirty. 32 and 34 I think or something like that yeah so we need to be looking at if not if not bringing younger centre-backs in you know building from the academy and bringing some of the centre uh, younger centre-backs from there I'm surprised um, we have a young lad in the academy that we only signed last season I think called Max Hunt centre-back big lad Um, I'm surprised that he's not gone on the trip to Florida with with the lack of centre backs we have, I'm surprised that we've taken. Mm. Well, I think Buchanan's 16 or 17. I'm surprised that he's been taken ahead of Max Hunt, who's a unit by the looks of things. Um, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see if he has a future. I mean, uh, Koku's yet to see the back crew. Uh, well, the back room staff. He sees them. I mean, is uh, yet to see the rest of the academy and whether or not he'll get a bit more of a look in, at them um, in the coming days. We'll see. But yeah. Oh my god, he's massive. Max Hunt. <laughs> Just found a photo of him. Jesus Christ, I'm the same height as him. <laughs> I, I he, oh my god, he's absolute unit. Are yeah, you just talking about life. yourself now? <laughs> well, you know, I'm not saying that I could win a header against Keo, but <laughs> but no. Um how tall is he like six four? Uh, 198 centimeters. Uh, 100 centimeters. well, 182 is six foot. So, have we got a height for Max Hunt? let integral information yeah. for this podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the most professional podcast <laughs> on <sighs> still yet to be put on iTunes. So. Is it? Oh my god! Still waiting for well, iTunes. They're only a week late, so come on! <laughs> Shout out to iTunes. Get us a sponsorship deal. Um, Have we found his height yet? <laughs> uh, yes, he's six foot four. <laughs> so that right, brilliant. So we do have a six foot four defender that we're not using, um, which would be interesting to see what we'll be doing with him, whether we'll be going out alone or whether we'll just stick it out in the under-23s. But he's definitely a player that I would have liked to have seen play a little bit in pre-season. Um, One thing I've just noticed, though, he is uh, he is 20. Yeah, he, ca- he came from a non-league side. We signed him last year from a non-league Matt side. Matlock. Yeah. So that is an interesting sign at the time. So I don't know, I don't know what that was for. Um, but I mean, bit of a lucky chance, isn't it? Being signed at the age of nineteen to a football club like Derby. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I'm also reading that he uh, he spent time in the academy of Mansfield Town and Nottingham Forest. So he made the right decision in the end. Yeah. Um, speaking about players going to Florida, not going to Florida, there were a few first team players. Um, that haven't made the trip. Anya, if you remember who that is. 
Um, he didn't make the trip. Butterfield didn't make the trip. I don't even think Blackman's been back yet. Um, what What are our thoughts on the players that haven't quite made the cut to go? Obviously, uh, Wisdom mm. and Dwayne Holmes haven't yeah. gone for injury reasons, but for the players that haven't gone due to footballing reasons, what are our thoughts on those? Um, I think you've got to be seeing like most of them are going to probably be off. Um, I don't, I don't think. Well, obviously, a new new manager's coming in, but I don't think really there's going to be a place for Anya or Blackman. Uh, I can't really see it. They haven't been in the in it for a while. They haven't been around the first team. They've been off on loan or. Anya's been stuck in the under twenty threes. He's been um, on the bench for the under twenty threes. Yeah, so I, I can't, I can't really see a future for them at Derby. You know, we've got to, we've got to make that money. Try and make a little bit of the money back that we spent on them. You know, spending four mil on Anya and two point five on Blackman, and the, to send them out on a loan and put them in the under twenty threes. It's, you know. We, well, yeah, it's not very good. Talk about spending big money, six million on Johnson, and he has gone to Blackburn now. Um, yeah. I mean, so he's, he's was at the club for what four years now. Uh, from I think we signed him in two thousand fifteen. So mm. yeah, obviously he's had four years at the club. I I think the problem with Johnson was that um, the six million price tag kind of overshadowed his time at the club. I don't think that people ever really got to enjoy watching him play because that price tag was hanging over his head. Uh, say if we'd have signed him on a free or for a couple of million, then maybe we would have been a bit more, as a, a fan base as a whole, maybe would have liked him a little bit more on the field. Um, but I think it did kind of tarnish his time at the club. And the rumours are that he's gone to Blackburn for free. I don't know how that's happened because he's under contract at the club. Um, mm. So how he's gone for free, I don't know. Uh, I've I've seen other places say it was two million, which for a thirty-two-year-old would be a very decent price tag. Um, but regardless of the of the transfer fee, hello, what was that? No, that's my dog. <laughs> um, regardless of the transfer fee, um, yeah, what are we thinking of Johnson's move to Blackburn? Um, it, it's a shame uh, because the, on the last episode we talked about um, who'd fit into our. Uh, starting eleven, uh, and I put Johnson ahead of Huddleston. Now that's that can't really be the case anymore. Um, but it, you know, I think he will do really well with Blackburn, yeah. uh, offering that experience. Well, he's got his brother there. Yeah, Bradley yeah. Dark. <laughs> Looking exactly the same. <laughs> Ben's just nodding along like, yeah, yeah, his brother. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, I'm. I mean, how many players called Johnson are oh, like, exactly? So oh, there's, yeah, one, there's one that we don't speak about anymore. I <laughs> say, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Um, we've got so Johnson's gone to Blackburn. Um, good luck to him. That's all I've got to say, really. I think, you know, I think last season was definitely his best season in his Derby shirt. Um, but yeah, I don't really have much more to say. I never really, he was never my favourite player. I, I didn't exactly hate him, but you know, I was never excited to see him in the team or I was never gutted if he was left out. It was just sort of a, oh, Johnson's playing. That's that. Mm. Like, oh, well. Like, he's like, 
he's like carrots on a Sunday dinner. He's not your favourite, not your least favourite. It's just kind of you just there. have to put up with it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Um, so with Johnson going, who are, do you two know of anyone else in the club that's been linked of uh, linked with leaving? Um, or would you like? Or would you like to see anyone leave? I've heard Butterfield's going to, following Johnson to Black. Yeah, that's uh, mm. that was. Uh, I saw that on Twitter. It was like a screenshot of the forum, of the fans forum that came from. Yeah, um, it wouldn't really be that big of a loss. For no, us. it wouldn't be a loss at all. I mean, it, it'd be nice to see him playing for Blackburn, but for us, I, I don't think he has. Mm. Yeah, I think it's just primarily the annoyance of how much we actually paid for him. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem with half of our team, really, isn't it? And I, I feel like a lot were, they're all, all these players were bought within like the same like season, which, uh, you know, all the contracts were running out near at the same time. But I feel like when we had that big season where we spent a load, I just, I don't think we spent in the right areas. And oh, obviously, this is. Well, we blame Sam Rush. Blame Sam Rush <laughs> for that. But, yeah, anyway, I think, that, yeah, the likes of Blackman and Anya and Butterfield, they really just need to need to go just to, like, get some of the wages. Yeah, definitely. Uh, free. I, I remember um, Notts County away last season. It was in pre-season. And Blackman made the appearance. And I think... I can't remember how many fans were there, but it was definitely like, you know, upwards of 3,000. We had a lot mm. of fans there. Yeah. And uh, everyone's thinking, uh, if Blackman scores, we're on the pitch. And it was like, <laughs> it was such a, you know, there's such a humour around the move because he signed and he's done nothing since signing. And it's just a typical, like, oh my God, we've just spent 3 million on nothing. You know, he's mm. it's, it's one of those players that, you know, he, he fitted well at Reading. Like he, yeah. him and Reading at the time, with their manager at the time, with the squad at the time, was a good fit there. So he was scoring a few goals. And I think what people forget is that it's not as though he had a really promising career and then we signed him at his peak. You know, he had a very, very average career. Had one season where he only scored like 11 goals by January. It wasn't like he was ripping the league up. Uh, we signed him and that ended his career. <laughs> basically basically retired him in 2016 um, but other than players moving on obviously we're linked with players uh, to join one name that I saw yesterday was Martin Skirtle um, what do you think about that? I'd take him uh, well to, I'd take any defender at this point uh, we've only got two in the first two uh, so yeah I if if uh, if Koku thinks he can do a job, then bring him in. Uh, um, he offers a bit more experience. Thirty-four though, uh, that'll be another aging defender. Uh, yeah, well, if he if he can defend uh, a high ball, then he's all good in my <laughs> for the championship. If he can yeah, defend that, exactly. um, yeah, that was from a I believe Turkish article, but I'm not fluent in Turkish, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, it was like. Oh, God. <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? Yeah, I never took it. I never took it at GCSE. I was more into my uh, Romanian at the time. 
We've got um. So it's either a Turkish article or we're looking at a Dutch article. I'm not sure. Um, it was about uh, obviously Skirtle being released from Fernabache, which Koku had a spell there. Um, and obviously that's how they know each other. It was apparently, uh, you know, Derby. Well, Koku has asked about him as um inquired about his former student, as is called in the article. Um, so, what what would you take him, Ollie? Um, I would take him. I think there's there's a good wealth of experience there, you know, from his time at Liverpool and around around the continent. But um, I think. It would have to be. It, we'd have to look at wages because I don't know how much he's going to be on, but we can't be, you know, forking out thirty odd k a week for a thirty-four year old defender who might or might not start every week. You know, yeah. it's it's a big uh, it's a big risk because you know we need to make sure he's in in a, a good physical, you know, fitness because is if if he goes out injured and then we're playing paying him thirty k a week, it's just that down the drain, really, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. It would be worth so, it. But I think I think the experience, I think what he could bring to the to the team, like in the dressing room and stuff like that, would be great. But it's just you know making sure if we do sign him, he's going to play. Yeah, I think I think I'd personally take him, but I don't know where he'd play. I don't know whether we. Because obviously, I watched um I watched Koku's interview this morning. It's only the short one that's on the uh, Derby website. And he basically just yeah. said, "Yeah, we're going to be playing four three three, so he's basically mm. confirmed yeah, that. yeah, so we've got two center backs uh, to Told two you. center back spots to <laughs> choose from um Keo Davis, that's what it is at the minute, you know who who leaves is it if Skirtle did join, would it be Keo and Skirtle, or would it be Skirtle and Davis, or would we see Tamori come back because personally, I don't think that Tamori will be involved with Chelsea next year, um because mm. I think. They've got David Luiz. Uh, they've got Ampadu who can play there. You know, they've got they've got a good Aspilicueta can play there as well. Yeah, you've got Aspilicueta. It, it's a decent. They've got a decent back four. You know, they've got decent mm, players yeah. there. So, with Tamori kind of being a bit of the outside of what is twenty one, twenty two, um, with younger players, you know, uh, Christensen as well is there. So with younger players in the same position that have been involved with the first team more than him already. Does he have a future at Chelsea, despite Lampard being there? Um, you know, will he be involved next season, or could he be sent back on, on, out on loan? Because you know, Morris spoke about the good links with uh, Chelsea still. So, could that be something that Lampard would would do for Derby? Yeah, why not? He's 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 got a soft spot for us, and I'm sure he's guilt. He feels a little bit. Yeah, guilty. I think he does. So sell, selling us over to Maury for like I don't know five million. Yeah, is that? Yeah, I mean he's not. He's never going to get in the Chelsea first team. I love him, but I, he's he he's not at that caliber yet. I mean we might develop him into a world beater, but he's not going to get into the Chelsea first team for another couple of years. So why not just sell him, get a buyback clause on him? Jobs are good. Then. We've also got um, to talk about, obviously, with the four-three-three. That's again meaning one striker, Waghorn and Marriott. I want them both in the same <sighs> team. 
I don't want Wagon on the wing. I want them both up top. How, other than putting Wagon on the wing, what what are our options? Do you know? I think we spoke about uh, maybe putting Marriott out wide, but obviously that's not his natural position. Um, so who plays out wide, and who goes up top? Because if we're playing a four three three, we've got. Mm. You know, unless Waggon is going to go out wide left again, which, you know, he did do for Ipswich. He did it for us last year and he wasn't bad at all. Um, but is it a case of, yeah, stick Waggon out on the left and give Marriott the, the chance to shine up top? Or is it one or the other? Because I think Marriott will, you know, I think if you played Waggon for 46 games and did the same with Marriott, I think Marriott would score more goals. But I want Waggon in the team. Yeah, yeah. I I think Murray really needs to be our main striker. I think I think he he he's got the potential to bag. You know, obviously we've seen it at Peterborough, twenty twenty five plus goals. Uh, I think Wagon, as as you've seen at Ipswich, he brings the goals, but he also creates a lot. So hold up play is good. I think you could even slot him in the the midfield three and have him like a kind of like a box to box well not not so much box to box but like a shadow striker type thing but dropping back into midfield when he needs to that's interesting um, I've never thought of that before you know um, that could be a way you know like when um, say the like how how Vidra played at um, at Watford with Deeney like that sort of role but it's um, it's the whole thing of would we have someone in in that position who would fit that position better? Because I've I've read a bit about Coco Stahl and he likes his midfield three to be like all very good passers. So, so, so he's going to struggle at the lines. We like okay. kicking out thrones quite a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. What? So it's... Uh... What? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that was so, um, but yeah, um, I think we just we just um, need to see who's going to fit the system because better because we don't know who we're bringing in yet, and I would say Marriott needs to be our main focal point at the front there. So, in a four three three, there's other players that were limited to certain positions. I think Huddleston is limited to the CDM role. I think Tom yeah. Lawrence is limited out wide. So unless we're playing a four-three-three kind of attacking, where you've got two sitting back and one just in front, I don't think Lawrence has a place in the team other than out wide. Um, you know, we've got we've got the whole Marriott situation where he's going to have to be the striker. What you know, I doesn't. I mean, it it we've seen how effective Marriott is coming off the bench. So or. <laughs> My idea would be have Waghorn on for the first 50 minutes, wear the defence down physically a bit because he's a lot more of a physical presence, and then bring Marriott on so that he's got them on the back foot. He can easily dribble past them, uh, outpace them because they're getting a bit tired. But then again, it not starting Marriott might really annoy him and may force him out the club. Because I, I so personally just... think if we'd have started Marriott in the player final, that we wouldn't have been on the end of a 2-1 defeat. Oh, no. So, I no. think that Marriott definitely, 
you know, should want to be starting. I mean, he started for Peterborough and he scored 33 goals. It's not it's not a case of he has mm. to be an impact player, yeah. I think. Uh, um, you know, I think a lot of teams nowadays, there's not that much of a golfing quality, a golfing class. Like, with the, like I said beforehand, there's a, the bottom 10 of the Prem and the top 10 of the Championship are closer than they've ever been before. And I think it's similar to sort of the top half of League One, the bottom half of the Championship. So I don't think mm. that, uh, you know, the three recently promoted teams, uh, so we've got Luton, Barnsley, Charlton, I don't think that they're going to struggle massively. I'm not saying that they're going to overstay up, but I don't think the quality is a, is that different to the top end of League One, bottom end of the Championship. So if Marriott was able to score 33 goals in a Peterborough team that weren't exactly world beaters, they, they, you know, they didn't take League One by storm, didn't get promoted, you know, they weren't smashing teams every week. But he still managed to get 33 goals in that team starting every week. So why why don't we try that? Why don't we start him and, you know, give give him that chance to shine? So I think he'd fully take it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I don't know how many goals. Uh, well, I don't know how many uh, starts he made over the season. I, I wouldn't off the top of my head. I'd probably say about fifteen. That that's a bang up. That's just a guess, but but yeah, he got he got how many goals did he get? Like yeah, 11, ten or 11, 12. Yeah, eleven or twelve, something like that. So, you know, I think he's he's got like he's got that spark about him, and he, you know, he's he, when he comes on, you always you're always looking, and he, he can always. Find that that run between the lines, and I think I do agree with Ben saying that um, you know Wagon could really wear that defense down, and then just shove Marriott on, and he can absolutely just destroy yeah. them with pace. I mean, but you know, it's just it's just the whole point of yeah, is Marriott going to want to be sitting on the bench and just coming on for you know the last last bit of the we've game? Got, um... Obviously, we've we've spoke about the manager, spoke about transfers, know that now. Uh, one of the new oh. things that's sorry was that was that Ben wanting to talk? Yeah, uh, I was going to say, hang on, hang on, Jacob. Um, <laughs> how many appearances and goals did you say Marriott had last season in the championship? Um, goals wise, it wasn't it like ten or eleven in the championship. In just in the just in the championship, I think it was ten. Right. Uh, Appearance-wise, I don't. I'm not too sure. I think starting, um, he probably started about you know 15 sort of games. Actually playing in was probably near the 30, 35 mark, but I, I wouldn't know. Uh, well, it was 33 starts in the league, seven goals in the league. Oh wow! So he only had he had 33 starts. 33 starts. Uh, well, 33 appearances. Yeah, I was going to say, is there is there a stat there for how many were off the bench in that? Because I don't think he, he definitely didn't start like, more than 20, I don't think. Oh, Christ. Statman Ben is falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> I th- yeah, I think he got 10 goals overall. So I remember seeing it on him. Uh, 13 goals overall, including Cup. Include, yeah, because it was 12 and then he scored in the playoff final. Yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, because he got... Um, he got the couple of goals at Leeds, didn't he, as well? So that's what put it from 10 to 13. Mm. The playoffs helped him there. Um, but, yeah, I think we've we've covered, you know, the sort of team, the manager, transfers. Um, what about the, the new away kit? What are we thinking about that? Because that, that came out yesterday. Are we a fan of that? Do we like what Umbro have been doing this year? 
Yeah, I mean, they've they've been taking more risks, definitely, for all the sort of football purists that say, uh, my kit has to be this colour and just this colour. If it's not, it, and the colour's got to be straight, can't have any silly patterns on it. They, they've sort of taken that and thrown it out the window and are just trying very, very different things. But I think it's uh, quite discreet as well. Like, it's not been like a huge, like, in-your-face sort of new balance, horrible kit. It's been a sort of calm approach to it where they've added subtle details in, but they've kind of made it more relevant to the club. Like, they've given it, you know, they've given the kit sort of an identity to the club in one way or another. Uh, yeah. The home the home kits especially. I think the away kits is where they've got a little bit more lazy and they've given the same away kit to most clubs and just changed the colour. Because we have the same... Our away kit is the same as Hearts home kit, but in a different colour. And and that's the mm. same as um, I think it was some German team or you know there was some foreign team that had like a grey version that was released yesterday as well. Um, but what are we thinking? Do we like the colour? Do you think it'll be a good fit next season? Yeah, I, I think it's it, well, it's very good. <laughs> that's a start. Uh, but no, I think it, I think it's a it's a good kit. I, I just uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the uh, third kit, what the third kit's going to be. Because I think, well, we've got Huddersfield away first first game, and they play in yeah, so, yeah, so. <laughs> don't need it. I think I think what would be nice would be like an an orange. I, I, people are saying this because of like, oh, Koku, like we need to have the Holland like kit essentially. But I think having an orange mm. third kit with sort of a white trim with the black logo. Obviously, we'd have thirty two red in black. Um, and the badge and the umbro in black. But if you were to have like a white trim down the side and like a nice orange kit, I think that would look quite nice. Um, Owen, Owen Bradley on uh, Twitter, though, um, he said uh, the kits are prepared months in advance. So I don't think it is going to be a... No, I don't, no I don't think it will be. But what um, I would hope for is it's the home kit reversed. So black shirt... Uh, Black, uh, white and black sleeves. Um, so I think that would look brilliant. Just a really nice sleeve. Yeah. yeah. We're not. We're not going for the the bright pink one then. I t- <laughs> tell you what, I'd take it. I'd take. I'd take um, a pink. I've seen a few. I've um, I've actually got a pink football shirt. If you remember the Real Madrid shirt from a few years back. Oh yeah, I've uh, mm. I've actually got that in my wardrobe, and I've got him. Well, I've not got yeah. it, but I've seen that. Have you seen the whole thing with the uh, Leicester's away kit this year? How it's pink, but you can literally buy oh, yeah. the same shirt without the badge on for like twelve quid online. Uh, like, <laughs> it's all Leicester have done that, or you know, is it Adidas? I think it's Adidas that Leicester have done now. Yeah, um, yeah they've essentially have found a shirt that they already have and gone. You're right, Leicester. Fancy this for your for your badge on. And that's what they've got. Because um, I, I think it was on Pro Direct for £12.99 mm. or something. You can yeah. buy the shirt, but without obviously any of the Leicester um, alliance to it. And <laughs> Ben has just disappeared for a minute. Oh, well, Will, the show goes yeah. on. We've got. Um... But, no, I think that's the good thing about Umbro, really. And um, Ben is back. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's the good thing about Umbro because. Not many of the kits look like similar. There's, they've all got their uh, own. Yeah, unique I think that. Kit. I think that stands for the home shirts. Like the home shirts are all very unique. Yeah, the yeah. away is where it kind of um, 
becomes a bit more, oh, I've seen that kit before. Um, but I yeah. don't think it matters too much. Cause, um, no, no. It's still, you know, different colours and that, and you've got different sponsors. Like, it's never the same. Um, but it, it's been making me think about my favourite ever Derby kits. And um, I think, the, the, do you remember the Thunderbird kit from 1314? Oh, I'm yeah. so good <laughs> that I never got my hands on one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm literally looking at it yeah. right now. It is a class kit. I've got like um, it, the The current kit reminds me of uh, the 2012-13 third kit. It was literally the same colour um, mm. back when it was the N-Power Championship. Oh, um, yeah, that, that, the, the famous uh, Bucco yeah, yeah. last-minute goal yeah. at Leeds. I had that shirt with yeah. uh, Coots on the back, number seven. And, and I had the badge on and everything. And I let, I let, now he's playing for yeah, Fleetwood. That, that's shocking. That's, that's why he'd be a championship player still. But um, I I let my dad iron my shirt and he put a hole in it and it ruined my life. And I've still not <laughs> forgiven him. So I'm going to try and I'm gonna, I'll ring him up later and see if he'll get me a get me the new one. It's <laughs> a replacement. Joking mm. aside though, I think I'm going to try and go and get the new one today because I, I quite like it. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, I am... Um... I say, talking about retro kits type thing, I am um, just looking at the 1992, both home and away. That's the, the kit with the um, like zigzaggy black stripe on the oh, yeah. arm, just on the one with the auto white oh, yeah. screen. Both both those kits are really nice. It's uh, The away kit's the uh, yellow and blue um, with the sleeves and the, the little bit of red on, on one of the mm-hmm. sleeves. But I, I know I'd I'd like to see that sort of uh, kit for the third. What, kit. It's completely like no, out there. Yeah, like you know you've you've got to you've got to have one kit that's just a bit, a bit know, wacky. Speaking about kits, what's your worst kit in recent years? So so say from oh. since the uh, football kits have become a bit more acclimatized to the game. Mm. Um, so we'll say from. 2010 onwards, what's been your least favourite kit? Because I know mine straight away, and I've even uh, got it for some reason. M- mine would be the 1617 uh, backpack look. Um, oh, the home shirt. The home shirt, yeah. Um, I I just never, never really liked it, and it made it look like everyone was on their first day of school. Uh, with their <laughs> well, <backpack. laughs> Will Hughes probably was at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've never, never liked that. Uh, I mean, the home shirts before and after, I'm fine with, uh, especially the ones of last two seasons I've liked a lot. Uh, but it's just that kit that stands out like a sore thumb. And... My uh, my least favourite is 2014-15. You remember that horrid yellow third kit? Oh, the, uh, what, the traffic It was just one. yellow with blue shorts. And I've got that. Like, I've got that with Christie on the back. <laughs> right. So God knows what I was on to get that, but um, I've never worn it. I think I think I got it for a Christmas or a birthday, and I don't think I ever wore it. Cause... Bloody hell, it's a shocker. Um, but I think we've we've not got long left in recording now, so I'd say it's time for the big debate. <laughs> oh no, Ben, yeah. can we have the uh, the big debate music, please? All right. <clears throat> The big debate. <laughs> that, was, that was awful. <laughs> um, I'll have you know I'm vocally trained. 
<laughs> it's so beat because I paid for like half a year's worth of singing lessons and my room paid off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. No, it definitely Good. did. It definitely did. You can you should go for it. Believe in yourself. Um, <clears throat> so it's about time I probably should think of a question. You're joking. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. I've got one. It don't take me long. I've got one. So if one player aimed at both of you, of course, if one player from our academy that's yet to feature for the first team had to play every single game next season, starting every single game next season, who would you pick? And they they if they've been on the bench, that's fine. But as one player from the academy that's yet to make an appearance, if they had to start every single game next year, who would it be? And if uh, I'll let whoever they want go first, but actually no, I'll tell you what, I'll let Ben go first because he won the last uh, he won the last one, so he gets yeah. priority. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm afraid, Ollie, that if if Ben picks the person you want. You're gonna to have to pick someone else and just be very oh, good at debating yeah. and get your get your point across, even if you're lying. Um, mm-hmm. So, do we both have someone in mind? I do. Yeah. Right. So, Ben. Hello. Even um, no. you have sixty seconds to prove your point over who should start next season, starting now. Okay. So, what I'm going for is the big boy Max Hunt, twenty years old. Uh, bought from Matlock Town last year. Uh, so far in the under 23s, he has started 18 in 19 appearances. He's got a goal and an assist. Uh, so he's a slight bit of goal threat, which is what we need. Uh, also, being an absolute unit at what it's saying on the website, six foot six, he can defend any corner, any cross, anything that comes near him. Uh, he could give Keo a run for his money in terms of heading. Um, and also the experience that he collects from that. Uh, sure, you could switch between Keo and Davis every single game, uh, but he'd be the constant. He And he would learn so much from all those defenders uh, around him and all the experience in the squad. Uh, and I think Koku would really trust him uh, to carry that defence um, as he as he trusts so much. That's in a the minute. Youth. That's a minute up. One thing I did notice there was that Max Hunt suddenly gone from six foot four to six foot six in a matter of minutes. <laughs> it's here, but it, uh, but like by his height, it says six foot four. I'm not sure. I'll have to call him up and measure him. Yeah, we're gonna have to complain about that. Um, yeah. Right, Ollie. Then uh, you have right, yeah. one minute to put your point across over who you think should start next season, starting now. So I'm going for uh, Jason Knight. Uh, Ireland international. He's uh, played uh, quite a few games for uh, Ireland and he featured on the under-23 uh, bench in the recent friendly. He's also played over 35 games for the under-18 Premier League uh, winning side last season, as well as uh, 11 games for the Premier League uh, 2 uh, side. Um, he was featured on the bench at the playoffs uh, in the famous Leeds game, which obviously has brought brought uh, a lot of experience, and uh, will be he'll be pumped to get uh, that first team experience. Uh, he's a very good, versatile player. He can play on in the midfield and on the wings. Uh, I think he's just uh, a very good um, individual who um, 
could bring a lot to the team with his uh, speed. He's also only 18 years old, so there's a lot of improvement. And we know that Koku likes his young, fast players. That's your minute gone. So, I do have a winner. There's a, there's a tension building. I want to hear it. Oh, I need a drum roll. <laughs> I actually do. Um, the reason I'm picking this winner is that I think the way that the debate came across was that someone gave me reasons why he'd be good in the team, gave me things that he would be good at doing in the team and, you know, what he'd learn from it. And then the other debate, I kind of just got a lot of stats and and um, a lot of if, buts and maybes over whether he's ready or not. So I think we're going to have to hand over the title. Ooh. I'm joking. No, it's a, <laughs> it's, oh, it's a, hey. it's a champion. Ben says on for another week. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> ben has a uh, two titles to his name. How do you feel about that? Um, tell you what, bring on the next challenger. That's all I say. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well, I think that that concludes the third episode. Now it's just a shitty podcast. Um, <laughs> we've got. Um, I've been. Uh, I've been Jacob. Don't think I've actually said my name yet in this podcast. So I said your name first before you did. Did you? Yeah. Well, I I have been Jacob and will continue to be Jacob. And I've been joined by Ben and uh, Oliver Benton today. You know, the, the other guy is Ollie Potts. We've got two of them. <laughs> um, but we're rapidly running out of time. So cheers for cheers for listening. And uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully we'll be back again next Saturday with um, with episode four. Unless, you know, something calls for a serious bonus episode again. But I doubt that will happen. So we'll uh, see you next Saturday. See you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Twan Sheepers Shag Army. Twan Sheepers Shag Army. You feel better for that? Oh, I feel brilliant, mate. All right, see you later. Bye. Bye.